Hey, this is Rob. This is episode 124 of the Folly Coffee Podcast. Let's get it brewing. All right. On the last episode with Chef Yia Vang, who is back again once today. The last episode, we had planned on talking about a food topic that we had been discussing. You made an out, absolutely outlandish, absurd claim to me that you said you'd be willing to defend. And that is that are mashed potatoes just the Irish version of guacamole? So, welcome back for another dif- another edition of DTF. DTF stands for Define the Food and Definitely Nothing Else at All. That's right. We are back with another edition of Define the Food, can a.k.a. DTF. Can I ask a quick question? Yes. When you make those sound bites, do you do it by yourself here? Yeah. Do you, like, after you're done, you giggle? Um... Not so much a giggle as it is kind of sit and wonder <laughs> what it is I'm doing with my life. Like, I can just go... Well, and then the worst is I do that, and then you'll notice it's me on top of that. So yeah. I record that, go back, record on top of it, listen to it, and say, yep, this is it. But it get, does give me... Like, a, how a, many takes does it take? Just one. Oh, you're doing one take? Yeah, yeah, if you thought that was more than one take, oh, then I'm very... I didn't know that if you, like, if you came back and you're like, no, that's the wrong key. Nope, it's... Because as, as a... Acapella, oh, yes, of course. Guy growing up, I figured you would have different keys and you harmonize it together. Nope. Yeah. And that's why I just sit, I make that, and I think, why, what is it I'm doing with my life? What are the choices I have? So many things I, I could be doing, and I'm recording that. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to let it play. So, today's topic is, are mashed potatoes the Irish version of guacamole? For those of you who have not tuned in for an episode of DTF, Typically, the DTF model is we pick a food and we define what it is. We have defined sandwiches. We have defined uh, burritos. We have defined soup. Today's is going to be a little different. However, we will be defining mashed potatoes and guacamole. There's not so much of a debate as to what those are, but anyone that listens know I do more research for these episodes than I do potentially any other episode that exists, and I have in front of me... A complete history of mashed potatoes and a complete history of guacamole. Okay. Before we get started, I would love to hear your opening argument as to why are you making this absurd claim? (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. That's why I asked when I came in there. I'm like, do you have any water? Um, I I didn't, by the way. I know, I heard. It's not that kind of operation. Yeah. Why do I make that absurd claim? Because if you think about it. So you, you have guac, which is made from avocados, mm-hmm. ripe avocados, and then you take it and you mash it, mm-hmm. right? And you have different kinds of guac. You have what's called like the chunky or the mm-hmm. smooth or puree. Now, I started thinking about that. And I'm like, wait, mashed potatoes, the same thing. You can have the rustic, they call it, which mm-hmm. is just chunky, you know, or you can, you know, the texture can change. You can do like a, like a, you know, sometimes they'll get real fancy. It goes, oh, this is a potato puree. And I'm like, dude, that's, that's mashed potatoes, dude. Chill out. And then the flavors, like, you know, like the seasoning you put into it, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, with mashed taters, you can do garlic, blah, 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 butter, cream, whatever. 
Uh, and the guac, same thing. You know, cilantro, jalapenos, lime juice, whatever. So if you think of it, mashed potato is like, and, and I mean this in the color, it's a white version <laughs> of guacamole, which is, you know, green or, you know, green, yellowish, whatever you want to mm-hmm. call it. You know, so you know, you know, the moment I'm saying when I'm saying this, and and if you're watching this on camera, you see his the little like you know poop eating grin he has on his face. Uh, so yeah, so that's when I text you, and I'm like, dude, think about this. It's an interesting thought. Before I get into in timeout, you said an Irish mashed potato. Like, is it really is mashed potato really? From Ireland? Well, that's going to be covered in the history. I thought okay. that's how you originally okay. phrased it. It's like an Irish version of guacamole. Yeah, yeah. Because I think many people associate Irish with potato. Oh, and I'm so ready for all your rebuttals on this, too, because I was thinking about it today on the drive over. That's good, because that's yeah. what today's episode is about. And that's, yeah. <laughs> we're going to be DTFing. I spent roughly Wait. an hour researching. <laughs> <laughs> I spent roughly an hour researching mashed potatoes and, and avocado, so I'm glad to hear that on the way over you thought about it a little bit. I've been thinking about this for the last, what is it, Two months that we talked about, two, three months? That's true. It's not active research, but it is constant thinking, yeah, a low level of thinking it's like, about it. It's like before I go to bed, I'm like, okay, we'll have to think about this some more. Now, this may have, uh, I feel like this should be something I, I created background theme music for, but I'm mm-hmm. going to go into a brief history of mashed potatoes, or also known as mashed taters. Mashed taters. Yeah. I don't know too many people that refer to it as that, but. I do. Sometimes uh, I call it mashed taters. Ma- mashed taters, or simply known as mash by the English. Mm. A dish of boiled potatoes, usually with added butter, sometimes milk, salt, and pepper. Other common ingredients include include garlic or chives. Other types from other cultures include alu barta, an Indian version which uses chopped onions, mustard seed, chili pepper, coriander, and other spices. A French variation adds egg yolk and are known as pomme duchesse. Pomme duchesse? I don't speak French. And that is piped and lightly browned. It's generally served as a side dish to meat or Ooh, vegetables. See, I, I'm, you're looking at me. I'm not making any arguments. Mm-hmm. I am listing facts about mashed potatoes. It's generally your eyes, though, bro. It is it's generally so judgy, served, McJudgy eyes. Generally served as a side dish to meat or vegetables. Mm-hmm. An early recipe is found in Hannah Glass's 1747 recipe book, "The Art of Cookery." Her recipe was milk, salt, and butter, and she is credited as the official creator of mashed potatoes. Mm -hmm. Now, many people associate potatoes with the Irish, when in fact, the history is not Irish. As we've learned, going down the history of many foods, Mm -hmm. it often becomes very depressing. Mm -hmm. And that's what I wrote here. As most things in history, (laughs) the origin of foods is often unsettling. Uh, Potatoes were actually a staple for the Inca Empire. Mm Mm-hmm. The Spanish conquistadors returned to Spain and brought back potatoes. The potatoes that uh, that were not eaten while on the voyage were planted ashore at the end of the 16th century. But th- I did not know this about potatoes. <laughs> they did not take off in Europe. In France, they were so unappetizing, the French government passed a law banning them as a food source for humans in 1748 and were reserved for animal feed. Many, the, f- the French would do that. <laughs> Hence the French fry. Huh? Many believed potatoes caused leprosy. Okay. So it's a widespread belief that leprosy was caused by eating potato. However, a Frenchman uh, was one of the first to create the tasty version of mashed potatoes. His name was Antoine Augustine Parmentier. He was captured by Prussian, shoulder, uh, Prussian soldiers in the Seven Year War and was forced to live on potatoes. Mm. 
This is where he discovered they didn't cause leprosy. Not, <laughs> not only this, but they were in fact nutrient-rich and could be delicious. After his release, this man, Antoine Augustine Parmentier, led a campaign about potatoes. So POW. <laughs> and then, then to uh, like a lobbyist for This potatoes. man was passionate about potatoes. Mm. This led to the lift of the ban in 1772. Potatoes then became a staple of the diet by the end of the 18th century. The reason they were linked so closely to the Irish people is because it became a staple of the working class of mm -hmm. Ireland because they were inexpensive, easy to grow, and nutrient-rich. And obviously the potato famine happened, which it creates this big link between the Irish and potatoes, when in fact it is an Incan food brought back by mm -hmm. Spanish conquistadors, uh, the French hated them, banned them, and this man, Antoine Augustine Parmentier, was so passionate that he brought potatoes back. And if it weren't for him, we may not all enjoy mashed potatoes as we do oh, today. Okay, so we, we could take that as a bunch of Europeans came to, like, Mexico area, mm -hmm. took that, went back to Europe, put it in France, and the French goes, no, 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 you know. And then... And then a Frenchman goes, no, actually, there's something here. I that like to picture the first person to make the leprosy argument. Yeah, I'm like, dude, like, how much in trouble were you then? You had to be like, oh, it was the potatoes. Yeah, like, what? It, I didn't even look up. Do you even know what leprosy is? Yeah, it's like basically your skin's rotting, sores and stuff like that. How to get leprosy. It's oh, my not, gosh. Probably not how I should phrase it. But, uh, <laughs> I don't, how do you cure? How is it caused? A, yeah. a comprehensive casual guide. Uh, it is curable. It is free of charge throughout the world. Probably not uh, cure. No. Now, it, I'm surprised there's not an article about how to get it. There's many articles about how to cure it. It's not leprosy is not like a thing that's very common anymore. No, I think once it became curable, uh, there, mm -hmm. <laughs> we could get into dicey territory here. But when something's curable, you can uh, take the thing that's needed to cure it. It's a contagious disease that affects the skin, mucous membranes, and nerves, causing discoloration, yeah. lumps on the skins, and in severe cases, disfigurement and deformities. Mm -hmm. uh, and so somebody's like, "Where did you get that leprosy from?" And they're mm -hmm. like. Uh, in potatoes. Where were you last night? Yeah, that you caught this leprosy. Mm -hmm. no, I, those potatoes. We yeah. should we should ban them. Uh, on to a brief history of guacamole. Yeah. Now, guacamole, <laughs> or the informal guac, is an avocado-based dip or spread mm -hmm. first developed in Mexico. The recipe most commonly uses avocado, salt, lime juice, cilantro, onions, and jalapenos. The name comes from the Aztec word ajuacamole, which translates to avocado sauce. This, the avocado has its origins in south-central Mexico. Guacamole was first created by the Aztecs of this region. Mm. Weird mm -hmm. similarity between mm -hmm. the two. I'm now, just saying. I, they're weird cousins. But see, this proves my credibility as a researcher. I am not out to find the facts to only support my side. I am mm -hmm. not a lawyer. I am not a politician. Mm -hmm. I am here you to find the You let the truth. facts. Yeah, you're, you're, you're the seeker of truth. I'm the seeker of truth. Yeah. I have my argument going into, which is the opposite of yours, but I'm here to truth find the truth. Truth is your muse, and you search for her. This is absolutely yes. correct. <laughs> the uh, Aztecs of this region, uh, avocado seeds were first found in the Tehuacan Valley of Mexico. Mexico nine to ten thousand years ago and were domesticated around five thousand BC. Once again, 
Spanish conquistadores come in. <laughs> they come in. Oh, freaking Europeans. They come in to conquer, and they were introduced to guacamole in the mm-hmm. 1500s. They tried to bring it back to grow it themselves. <laughs> they tried oh. to bring it back and grow it themselves, but... They're the like, av- no bueno. Avocado does not grow naturally mm. in Europe. Why not? Uh, weather. weather. Yeah, I was going to say. Yeah, weather. Uh, big fan of weather. Mm-hmm. The first recipe for guac was in the 1697 book, A New Voyage Around the World. English voyager William Dampier noted a preparation of avocados, sugar, and lime juice. Very simple recipe. Now, what explains the meteoric rise of guacamole in the United States? Why does it seem like this is only a relatively new thing? Mm-hmm. There was a ban on Mexican avocado imports from the 1910s up until 1997. Wow. Which made guacamole very rare in the United States until the 21st Wait. century. Liter- 97? 1910s to 1997. So it wasn't really until the 21st century that you could legally import uh, Mexican avocados, which are where almost all of guacamole comes from. Yeah. And then the rise in popularity of guacamole is greatly contributed by many to the rise of the Latin American population in the U.S. over the last 50 years. Oh, I thought you were going to say it was the, the rise of Chipotle. Well, on, well, probably has a huge part of it. And yeah. you could make the argument that things like Chipotle wouldn't exist if that lift of the ban... <laughs> Of that, the the lift of the ban of avocados was not lifted. Mm. Now, what, your, what do we take from this? It will be parts of the argument as we go along. Mm. I just wanted to make sure you, I wanted to make sure our listeners yes. are fully versed in what are mashed potatoes yes. and what is guacamole, and to have a deep mm-hmm. understanding as we have this conversation. Mm-hmm. Your argument that they are the Irish version of guacamole, I understand. The preparation is similar. Mm-hmm. You said, oh, you mash the mm-hmm. avocados. This makes it mashed potatoes. So are you saying anything that is ground or mashed with that has a substance similar to potato or avocado is now a guacamole? No. If I were to mash a tomato into a paste, you can find tomato paste at the grocery store. Is tomato paste the tomato version of guacamole? Have you seasoned the tomato paste? I'm just going to put that out there. We can go back to it. I'll throw you another one. I I just want to throw out my main points here. Mashed potatoes are eaten on their own as a side. Guacamole is not. Mashed potatoes are categorized as a side dish. Guacamole, as found in the brief history of guacamole, is an avocado-based dip or spread. Okay. I'm not saying you can't eat it on its own, but because it's a dip or spread, it's the same reason you don't bring... Let me, let me finish here. It's the mm-hmm. same reason you don't bring a jar of avocado spinach dipped to a party and bring a spoon and start eating it in front of people. People would say you're out of your mind. But if you brought mashed potatoes and served yourself a scoop and started eating the spoon, no one would look twice. Mm. Those are the two main points to yeah, me. Yeah. That just because preparation D- is similar and... Define dip. A dip would be something... That is primarily eaten by dipping something else into it, like a chip or a cracker or when you, pita. When you dip something into it, wouldn't that become that you know the, the side dish of that? <laughs> no. Why not? Because a side dish is eaten on its own. 
how do we know that some people just don't eat guac on their own? Well, I'm sure they do. There's yeah. you know, billions of people in the world. You can you can't make the argument. Dude, have you not? Okay, have you not had? You cannot make the you, argument. You not had a, like like you know like if you go to like you know uh, Maya's cuisine. You get a you get you get the Mexican plate, right? It's called the Mexican plate. It's literally called the Mexican plate, and you can get like a scoop of guac with it for the use to be put on other things as a spread. Okay, have you ever... When you sit down for the Mexican dish, mm-hmm. how do you eat the guacamole? It's called the Mexican plate. Mexican plate. Yeah. What, how do you use the guacamole on the dish? Do you sit there with a spoon and go, you know what? I'm going to eat this guacamole first. And you eat it with a spoon and then go on to the other things on I, the plate? I eat the other things and then I take, like, if it was a side dish, mm-hmm. a, a spoonful of it and I eat it with the other things. So you're just... You, you're just Deconstructing a dip <laughs> instead of taking bruh. something and dipping it. How into many times? The dip. How many times have you taken your turkey and dipped it into your mashed potato? That is my one counterpoint I've written. Oh, on here. suck it! We will get to that. We will get to. How that. many times have you done that? I'm going back. How to many your, times have you done that? I'm going back. To how your many argument, times have you done that? I'm going back to your argument of that you said. Well, how do you know there's not somebody out there mm-hmm. eating guacamole on its own? Mm-hmm. How do I know there's not somebody out there that wakes up every morning and rubs peanut, bo- uh, pe- peanut butter all over their body and say it's a lotion? You can't say uh, because someone... Uh, uh, well, most of those people have an OnlyFans website, and yet it's $14.99 <laughs> to subscribe to. But, you it, know? no, it's a lotion because, look, it has oil in it. It has peanut oil. Yeah. It's like very good as a lotion. Absolutely. So now that I use this, I said that peanut butter is a lotion. It's not a So food. are we saying that food is defined by the person? Are you or, say, or, no. or do we have to have a definite definition of food I'm or, or whatever the food a is? A general consensus. The general? Ma- the majority of people would eat it this way, therefore it is that thing. Yeah, but, okay, uh, twice-baked potatoes, right? Mm-hmm. You get, you, it's a mashed potato you're making. Mm-hmm. And then you spread it in back into the potato, and you put it in the oven, you put the cheese on it, and blah, 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 right? And then eat it on its own as a side dish. But it's a spread? That's a very weak argument, but then, bro, don't even. That's a spread. It's a potato on a potato. You're literally making it's a, a. If you think about it, I call it Inception potato because it's a potato making, with inside a potato. You're making a different version of mashed potato. Yeah, and then you spread it into its into the like the the boat that you created out of the potato that you scooped out for the twice bake. Yeah, so it's still a and side te- dish. Yeah, but it's a spread, though. You spread it. Potato on potato. Yeah, but you spread it. If, if, that, if, if the definition is just spread and dip, you know? like or even, or even if you use the potato as a dip where you dip your turkey into it, you dip your steak into it. Because the one counterpoint I had written as mashed potatoes as a side is mashed potatoes on a Thanksgiving leftover sandwich. Yeah. And... This brings me to the thought of mac and cheese right now, that you're seeing mac and cheese being put on pizzas. It's now it's. I mm-hmm. had a guest on that created a line of frozen pizza featuring mm-hmm. a mac and cheese frozen pizza. Shout out Ryan Leonard over at Revitalite. Uh, mac and cheese is now being put on burgers, on mm-hmm. sandwiches. Yep, yep. Same thing with barbecue. Because it's being used in an unusual way, it doesn't change what the primary use or consumption of that dish is. Because there is such a thing as a twice-baked potato in which you spread mashed potatoes into it, it doesn't make mashed potatoes on its own an entirely new thing. I wouldn't say mashed potatoes is now a condiment because it's being used on top of this potato. Okay, I see where you're here. Here's the other thing. 
Now, does a guacamole have to be flavored and smashed together? Keep going. Because, you know, I've had, you know, plenty Latin food where guacamole, like the avocado is taken out. It's sliced and they sprinkle salt and pepper on it. I would argument that I would argue that is not guacamole. As I read in mm-hmm. the brief history of guacamole, it comes from the Aztec word ajuacamole, <laughs> which translates to avocado sauce, not avocado slices. Okay, just I'm just as, I'm just throwing out some stuff. It's, you're throwing it out. You can throw it right into the garbage. Yeah, I you know I I just I don't think so. Okay, you're telling me that if I took some mashed potatoes. And I, you know, make it into kind of like, like almost like this like gooey sauce, and then it becomes a dip for like pita. Like, it's no longer mashed potato. It's a it's like a potato dip. I would say that. So let's keep going with this potato dip. Mm-hmm. How would you prepare it differently from, from mashed potatoes? Because then I would you- just up the con uh, the the cream content or something like that, like the fat content in there. You know, yeah, I would say this is a cream sauce with potato. Oh, so it's a cream sauce with potato. Because I think you once the ratio gets to a point. That What's it, the ratio? Well, the highest ratio I found was a French dish. That was two parts butter to one part it's a lot potato. Of, that's a lot of butter. Yeah, it's bro. a lot of butter. <laughs> and it basically they were like, "This isn't mashed potatoes, but here's like a dish that the French do." Yeah. And at that point, I would say, "Well, this isn't mashed potatoes because I think the consistency of mashed potatoes. Once you get to that more sauce-like consistency, I don't think most people would look at it and say, "Oh, this is a mashed potato." They would say, "This is a sauce that uses potato." But isn't mashed potatoes then? With that, isn't mashed potato just a really thick potato sauce? Isn't a steak just really thick? <laughs> I don't know. What? <laughs> that, no. I mean, think about it, right? Because cause we're getting to the technical aspect of it. It's it's all about ratios, right? So when, when does a guacamole become avocado sauce? When it has a smooth consistency, I suppose you can have... I don't know, man, because some people call that guac also. It's just called smooth guac. Because you can have smooth guac, you can have chunky guac, but I think we have to... Chunky guac, that's a good name for a band. I think we need to come together (laughs) on the point that there's a certain consistency where it is no longer a slice and it is now... A guacamole. I would say the difference maker. There. I agree with you on the slice part. Yeah. So, but that is now we're, we're into the point that there is a point where it's no longer sliced and it is now guacamole. Yeah. It's the same thing with like French fries. Right? I, I would say that the difference would probably be how it's prepared or removed from it. So, like guacamole, they use the traditional yeah. uh, pestle mortar. Yeah. Yeah. Mortar and pestle. Yeah. Mortar and pestle. And it's it's like crushed and mashed, uh, but with like chunky guac, you're still doing that, but just lesser so. So there's still big chunks left into it. With mashed potatoes, they're boiled and then they use a potato masher to create that consistency. Uh, the question is, if you just use a potato masher, a masher and hit a potato once, and it's just all potato chunks. Is it technically mashed potatoes because I've mashed this potato with a masher, but I just did it once, and so it's just like in big pieces? Is it the preparation of each of these dishes that makes it? And what's the minimum amount of preparation that can be done to still have 
the mashed potatoes be mashed and the avoc- and the guacamole be an avocado sauce. Or or avocado puree. Or avocado puree. And even the word sauce, it may be a difference in translation from the Aztec or Spanish language to how we think of sauce. Yeah, but I still think that if you want to, you can just eat your guac as a side dish. Let me ask you this. Do you agree that mashed potatoes are generally consumed as a side? The broad majority of cases in which mashed potatoes are offered, I they think are used it's a, as I a think side. it's fluid. I think it's a fluid thing. You can't define it. I'm not talking about you in your <laughs> kitchen. I'm not talking about the guy. I'm not talking about the guy spreading peanut butter on his body as lotion. I'm talking about in general with the menus across the U.S. Yeah. When mashed potatoes is on the menu, would you say that the broad majority of these is offered as a side dish? I think it's a category that it off it's offered in, but like. Do is, uh, is okay. So, are we talking about categories of this food or how it's used? Well, that goes back to the question. Because okay, how do you define a side dish? Right it, on a menu, there's a little restaurant on the menu. Right, mm-hmm. side dish is like you, you can. It's on its own section, right? And in that section, you you know like oh, get a side of like corn for three fifty or side of mashed mm-hmm. potato for three fifty. You know what else is on there? You can get a side of guacamole for three fifty. This is true, because I suppose it would be called an an add-on or whatever you want to call it, right? But the thing is, is on a menu between these two is you've got sides. Yep. That's where mashed potatoes would be yep. listed. Add-ons or extra side or extra of is where guacamole would be. I don't think it, you see it under the same part of the menu because the reason it's on a separate part of the menu is because the intended application and use of this is why guacamole would be placed with, would you like an extra side of ranch? Would you like an extra side of barbecue sauce? Would you like an extra side of whatever it may be that you're consuming? Would you like an extra side of hollandaise if you're having eggs benedict? Because those are all grouped together because the expected application of how that is going to be consumed. They know that people are going to be dipping or spreading it on the food that it's coming with you don't see some i don't think you really see people ordering a side of guacamole and then just eating with a spoon and be like this is good you ever see people just order a side of mashed potatoes and just eating with a spoon or do you order it with something (laughs) well i mean if you ordered a dish that didn't come with mashed potatoes yes someone would order mashed potatoes and eat it with a spoon and no one would be like are you gonna have any, anything with that? Are you gonna Are you gonna spread that on anything? Are you gonna put that on anything? Yeah, but 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 I'm just saying. Like, I mean, if we're just saying a side dish is a side dish, where it's like, what makes a side dish a side dish is that it's a side of something. I think we're at two different things here. Are we? The one that I'm not gonna. I'm not. I don't think we're gonna meet halfway on. Is that? Our mashed potatoes, I'm going to change the wording of these, are mashed potatoes, the European version of guacamole, since that is historically accurate. Yeah. Our mashed potatoes, the European version of guacamole. I don't think we're going to come together on it being the same thing of how it's used with food. Yes. Okay, I, I, I would agree with that. But, but I would say that it is the European version of guac. 
We can go back to that in a second because I'm going to try to think of better examples of what <laughs> better. If we're talking about application of something, mm-hmm. I think there's probably a better version than mashed potatoes because how I see it as a side dish and guacamole is a dip or spread. However, if the argument is that the European version of guacamole because it's essentially prepared the exact same way. Mm-hmm. Now, the big difference being here is that you have to boil a potato to be able mm-hmm. to mash it. Mm-hmm. So if you open Pandora's box... Oh, yeah, well, let's food, go there, because I was thinking about that, too. If you open up Pandora's box on food preparation, mm-hmm. making dishes the same, mm-hmm. this reminds me of going back to the soup episode. Absolutely. That now we're talking about anything that's basically mushed up mm-hmm. and add a few things to it, and that is what it is. Yep. Now we're saying that is... Uh, what other foods are there that you would just mash up? Creamed corn? Is creamed corn a version? You don't mash up creamed corn. Um, um, maybe I'm actually arguing myself out of this one because maybe are. we're going to come. But I have to imagine. In what like, do you do that, with chickpeas and mash it up? Hummus. Hummus. So are hummus, mashed potatoes, and guacamole the same thing, just different foods? Yep. Think about it. If you want to go strictly just dip, isn't hummus like a you know Middle Eastern version? So of really, what we've gotten here is oh, I wish I would have done more the, baba ganoush. There's not baba ganoush. There's not baba a ganoush. lot known about how the Aztecs ate potatoes mm-hmm. because it was so early that there's like no real yeah. recipes. The only recipe you have. And even yeah, the only mashed potato when the white man came in, Mm -hmm. yeah, white men, the freaking worst, dude. Yeah, Um, but this is interesting. Baba ganoush, right? Because what we've uncovered here, and I still stick to my argument that as it lies in American culture today, that it's a side dish. But maybe what we've uncovered have Americans miscategorized mashed potatoes. I think they have. Because if you look at any other type of food that is prepared, how mashed potatoes are prepared, it is used as a spread or mm-hmm. dip. You know what food is prepared the same as mashed potatoes and eaten on its own? Baby food. Are we babies, America? Yes. Is that what we're saying? I think it that, is. That we're going to mash up a food and eat mm-hmm. it on its own as a side when, in fact... Yeah, it, you, don't see, you don't see mashed carrots? Unless you're a baby. Yeah. You don't see mashed peaches. Unless you're a baby. Yeah. So what's, ma- what's that what's that exact thing? I'm just a baby. <laughs> I'm just a baby. So maybe what we've uncovered here is not the argument are mashed potatoes the European version of guacamole. We're asking today, in front of at least three people listening, did America categorize mashed potatoes incorrectly as a side dish? I think so too because what I, I what I've done before, um, grits. If you want to look at that, you know. Um, so what I've done before is we've done dishes where I've taken a potato puree, whatever you want to call it, mashed potato puree. What are grits? Like how uh, do you, how do you make them? I've never made them. Oh, I've had grits. them. Oh, it's uh, it's corn. It's yeah. corn that are crushed up. Yep. Yep. And then you cook it with you know water, butter. You know, you cook it down, and it gets a, it's a mush, basically. So grits was kind of like what I was trying to say, like with the cream corn yeah, yeah, example, yeah, yeah, but yeah, a better yeah. example. Yep, yep yeah, yeah, yeah. grits, same thing. But but the corn is crushed up before, like, 
before you like you don't make the coin and mash it up but like which is a key point here yep. maybe that's why that stands up as a side mm. but mashed potatoes don't because the preparation of mashed potatoes makes it a dip yeah i mean like i what i've done is i've made like mashed potatoes or if you want to call them potato puree whatever right where you make them a little bit smoother and, or you also, you know, you have a little higher butter and cream content and you put it on the bottom of the plate and it's more of a dip. You know, it's more of a spread, right? And I, I wonder, now I, obviously there's going to be no way that we're going to be able to find this out today or maybe ever. I wonder how the Aztecs used potatoes in their cooking. Oh, I bet you they just like boiled it or they roasted it, you know, because it's all it's all you know, uh, it's all root food, uh, root, root, you know what I'm saying? It's all you know. And so it probably wasn't used. Our first example of mashed potatoes is when it was in that 1747 recipe book, "The Art of Cookery" by Hannah Glass. Yeah, it's a European. It's recipe. A, so mashed potatoes, the preparation was the European part. Yep. So mashed potatoes on their own is a European thing. Potatoes themselves are not, which I did not know before this Mm -hmm. research. Based on how they're prepared, though, it really is more of a dip. And then it starts to wonder, are we limiting ourselves in the application of mashed potatoes because of this? Absolutely. I think we are. If the French, after... Antoine Augustine Parmentier made his <laughs> life's work. Yeah. That he, like, potatoes are legit. We should have, like, a mashed potato day in honor of him. The fact that I don't it's, know this name. But, yeah. I mean, so, like, I, I suppose it's not for Antoine Augustine Parmentier. We're not just talking about mashed potatoes. If we're talking about Hannah Glass, she's credited with the mm-hmm. recipe of mashed potatoes. Antoine Augustine Parmentier devoted his life work after getting out of prison yeah to making sure people knew as a prisoner of war yeah people knew that potatoes were nutrient rich and delicious because that's what got him through prison if you think about it picture all the applications of potatoes today mm-hmm. chips or as the english call mm-hmm. them crisps or fries or as the english you call know. them chips <laughs> <laughs> it's such a big staple of diets around the world do you, do you know why they're called chips why the English call fries chips? Because they're chips of potato? Yeah, because they used to just take, like, they had boiling hot oil, and they just take their knife, and they just chip chip the potato when they cut them. They just chip them in, into the hot boiling oil. And They're more like wedges, I guess you want to call it that. And crisps makes more sense when you think about what it is. Mm-hmm. It's really a potato crisp. Why is a cookie a biscuit? But saying crisps is so annoying. Yeah. That's such an annoying... Kind of the barbecue crisp. Anything with... The S- barbecue crisp. A- anything with SPS the, as the plural. The, the ranch crips. Crisps. 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 I don't English my second language, so... Fries. Fries. That's nice. Merca. Freedom fries. Freedom. So if it were not for this man, all these delicious things... Potatoes are one of the most versatile foods in existence. We would not have these things if it were not for this mm-hmm. man. But when it comes to mashed potatoes, Hannah Glass is the one to blame here. Mm. She, in the art of cookery, made this recipe 
And I would love to get a copy of this book. It would have to be the original because I can't trust anything on the internet. No. If there's people believing that the earth is flat, there are people who would manipulate <laughs> this information for their mashed potatoes yeah. agendas. But I wonder in the art of cookery how she listed it to be consumed. Because Hannah Glass of 1747. That's, that's not what the job of the recipe is, right? job of the recipe is just how to make it. However you want to consume it, that's up to you. That's the freedom you have in food. We're going to take a quick break here because I want to look at the art of cookery and really come down to who classified <laughs> how to consume mashed potatoes because basically I think what you've done with mashed potatoes with this original recipe, milk, salt, and butter. Now, now see, I don't know if she's English or French, but they didn't have a lot of spices. Mm-hmm. You're limiting the potential of mashed potatoes because the recipe was made in an area without many spices. Mm -hmm. If the Aztecs had come up with mashed potatoes as they did guacamole, Mm -hmm. perhaps it would be classified as a dip because it would be flavorful additions to food Mm. versus it's kind of bland, but it's nutrient-rich, and people just like butter in general, so it became its own thing on the side because adding it to food didn't add much especially if the food already had butter as a part of it. So basically what you've done with mashed potatoes is created a dish that's just like an extra infusion of butter into a full plate. But I want to take a quick pause here and see if I can't look into The Art of Cookery by Hannah Glass of 1747 and see if she included how mashed potatoes should be consumed. And we're back. I am looking at The Art of Cookery from Hannah Glass to figure out who the heck decided that mashed potatoes are to be eaten on their own and not to be used as a dip or spread? Did Hannah decide that? Now, it's not fully conclusive evidence here. There doesn't appear to be explicit definition that it needs to be eaten on their own. Mm-hmm. But the method says boil your potatoes, eat them, put them in a saucepan, mash them well. Mm-hmm to two pounds of potatoes, put a pint of milk, a little salt, stir them together. Take care they don't stick to the bottom. Take a quarter pound of butter, stir in, and serve it up. Serve it up. Is that the moment in history that mashed potatoes became a side? Not explicitly, because you could say the same thing of guacamole. Mm -hmm. Now, the part of this book that this recipe is, is called for a fast dinner, a number of good dishes, which you may make use for a table at any other time. Like I said, off mic, people used to talk really weird. The original thing was completely handwritten, and thankfully I was able to find someone that translated it to actual written or Mm -hmm. typed text so I could find the part I needed. Question. Not to say that avocados don't have a lot of nutrition on their own. Mm -hmm. Are mashed potatoes as a side dish just a result of scarcity? Because the Aztecs in Mexico had a number of foods, Mm -hmm. number of spices, a lot of different ways to prepare them. Across Mm -hmm. Europe, potentially, because of the times, that the reason potatoes became so popular versus not being a huge staple of Mexican or like as we were going down the list of the burrito yeah. episode, these ancient empires in Mexico, mm-hmm. potatoes weren't a huge part of the diet. It was just part of mm-hmm. how you made things. 
did the European scarcity of food potentially lend to mashed potatoes being needed as a side because they are, you know, dense in nutrients? Is this what caused not the fact that mashed potatoes are best served as a side dish, but out of necessity to be served as a side dish because of the availability versus avocados in Mexico didn't become a side dish. They became what they should be, guacamole, as a side or as a dip or spread. And the reason mashed potatoes didn't become a dip or spread is because it was needed to be a side as a staple of the diet. Not Maybe mm. there weren't mm. enough other mm. foods or enough nutrient-rich foods that it could be added on that everyone mm. had regular access to. Mm. It's like at the end of Batman the Dark Knight and Commissioner Gordon goes, oh, he wasn't commissioner yet, I think, but he goes to Batman. You're not, you're not the hero that we want, but you're the hero that we need. Exactly. So when you look at a potato and you're looking at mashed potato, this isn't the side dish that we want, but it's the side dish that we need. And if the mashed potato was invented today in America, where um, mashed potato, let's just say that limited food, I'm not mm. making light of this issue. There are, yeah. but we, te- we te- seem to have a gluttony problem in this cut co- uh, in this country. Uh, overconsumption is probably uh, potentially a issue mm-hmm. that if mashed potatoes were just, let's say Hannah glass of 2022 mm-hmm. came along, mm-hmm. had to double check. That was the year <laughs> Hannah glass comes along in 2022. Let's say the French are still like, Ah, we just lifted the yeah, ban. We we just lifted the ban on the All right. Antoine Augustine Parmentier, we saw your Instagram and your tweet yeah. that went mega viral. We have determined there's not a link between yeah. potatoes and leprosy. Mm-hmm. These are actually delicious and nutrient dense. And then Hannah Glass comes along in 2022 and says, mm-hmm. I've come up with a new recipe. Mm-hmm. Maybe then it's not created as a side because it's prepared so similarly to mm. all dips and spreads. Yeah. And and because we do have other like breads and you know, like all this like uh all these carb slash, you know, like fillers already, you know. And perhaps because the Europeans had limited access to spices. Mm-hmm. That's a history that's oh, not boy. fun to go down because they really went yeah. out and got those spices. Yeah. But they had limited access to spices. Today, in 2022, Hannah Glass comes along. I would argue she probably wouldn't limit it to milk, salt, and butter. Yeah. She would probably look at all these amazing spices you could mm-hmm. add to it. Let's go back to the Indian variation, alubarta, chopped onions, mustard seed, chili pepper, coriander, and other spices. Now that's starting to sound like a dip or a spread to me. Mm-hmm. Like a hummus. Like a hummus. And so perhaps it was the scarcity of food and the necessity mm-hmm. of the potato as a staple of the diet and the lack of spices. You, okay, then let's take it a little deeper. Would you say that these dips and sauces comes out of... It's a symbol of wealth or a symbol of prosperity of a culture that they can take different elements and make it into like a dip instead of a or is it just it like could be or just because of the fact that the potato is a starch and it's a filler that that very well could be the question because let's like how many avocados do you have to eat before you're full 
Well, they're very so. So the avocado is very rich in healthy fats. Yeah. So it's actually very filling. Do you think they knew that at that time? Well, and that's what I'm questioning. I'm wondering how many applications of avocados there were. Like, are they putting sliced avocado? Like you see, avocado toast. That's mm-hmm. not really guacamole. It's more. Is like it a- it? God, because <laughs> some people they'll take their avocado out and they'll put in salt and a little garlic and a little lime juice and a little cilantro and and maybe and then they'll put the everything bagel uh, seasoning on top and you know and then or whatever and then put it on the toast. I'll say it's a highly Americanized version of guacamole for sure. But what's Americanized? Because are we just saying what makes a guacamole and a hummus is just the seasoning? Or I, I, I want to go back to the point you made because it was really interesting. We're not going down that rabbit hole. I'm just saying, what's a burrito? Because that that's a that's a whole define the food. Now we're defining guacamole. I do not want to go down that path. But the point you made is interesting, and I don't have enough historical knowledge to be able to like say, are dips and spreads a sign of like stability in yeah. the food, uh, like yeah. access to food? Because if you don't have access to food, you're not thinking about, you know what would go great with whatever I'm eating right now? Some sort of dip or spread. Because because what 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 those dip and spread really does is it, it adds the flavor. Like, for example, like if, if we're eating like, let's just say we're eating some kind of fish, right? You just got white fish, grilled, whatever. But if you take something like a, like a hummus or or like a guac and you add it to that fish, it actually really enhances the flavor, right? And so... Dips and spreads are almost an indicator that if a culture has dips and spreads and, you know, today when there's greater access to food and like, you know, the globalization of food that like dips and spreads, you can go buy them at the supermarket. But like during the times where there wasn't so much globalization, if you were to visit a culture and Mm -hmm. they had dips and spreads, it probably means they had enough time or like access to food Mm -hmm. that they thought, how can we make this taste better versus... If you were just seeking sources of food or if you're just if you're just seeking sources of food and you found, let's say, chickpeas, Mm -hmm. you wouldn't say, how could I make this into a delightful dipper spread? Mm -hmm. You would eat the chickpeas. Yeah, because it's it is something that I purely functional. Yep. But here's the other thing, too. Is it, you know, a symbol of, you know, prosperity in a culture or is it if you go the other way, dips and spread is like we're going to take something small make it very flavorful so then what we have is for example like we have we can make like you can take like tortillas right and make and just take the tortilla and dip it into the um the guac or whatever and then the tortilla because the sustenance and the and the dip and spread is actually the flavor for it Does that, that makes sense because like, if you think of uh, thinking like uh think of uh like indian food a lot mm-hmm. of indian food is different kinds of dips or spread or or very saucy and then you take the naan and you dip it in there and then you eat it because it's not it's about the variation of the flavors and you're trying to make it very flavorful so that's why it's always very like the heat's really high and then the question becomes are dips and spreads are they initially formed as like oh a nice little side thing to have as an appetizer i i can answer that now definitely not yeah or is it just a function of what's your most uh, what are normal ways in your culture or what are commonly used ways in your culture of consuming food? 
Well, in Europe at the time, it was probably using utensils. Mm-hmm. If you're in a culture where naan is very yep. popular. And you know, it's e- all hand use. Yep. E- Ethiopia. Sticky rice. Yeah. You e- know, with different kinds of, you know. Yep. Ethiopia, you've got the injera. Yep. If you, yep. you've ever eaten your food, yep. you have to tell people, like, oh, no, the sticky rice is perfect for, like, forming a utensil. Yep. And that enhances the eating experience. Yep. Like, when you go to a, a Vinay feast yep. or a Union Monk Kitchen feast... Some people are like, where's, no, I need my utensils. And you're like, that's not how we eat this. Mm -hmm. So perhaps the advent of dips and spreads in general is more so how you eat it. So the reason mashed potatoes may have been classified as that in the first place was just because they were created in Europe where they were using utensils. Yes, where the fork and spoon is used. And then it's like, oh, it's more of a side dish because you You just eat it. Yeah. Because it's not normal in that food culture to create naan and to use that as a vehicle for eating these spreads or dips. Mm-hmm. That is an interesting point. So I think we have come together more than I expected, mm-hmm. but where we came together is, yes, mashed potatoes are the European version of guacamole, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. mashed potatoes are inherently categorized incorrectly as a pure side dish to be consumed on their own. I would agree with that. And I would argue, as I was earlier, mm-hmm. that if mashed potatoes were created today in the U.S. or wherever, mm-hmm. uh, were access to spices mm-hmm. with the globalization of uh, be recipes, it, it wouldn't be what yeah. it is. Nobody would take a potato, mash it, add milk, salt, and butter, and say, I'm going to eat this on its own, and this is the most delicious or it can what if the Or what if the quote-unquote mashed potato was discovered by the Aztec? Would they use the same application exactly. as they did with um the with the with the avocado and that's what i'm getting yeah at, so it's more of the culture my guess would be that if they did mashed potatoes and the in utilization way. of the culture of on the so because because if you think about like a lot of potatoes especially in india they make it into this more of like this uh curry soup stew type thing where then they dip the naan into it. They dipped into the flatbreads into it. And when you think about our episode on the history of the burrito, yeah. the history of the burrito, really, the, the tortilla is a delivery mechanism mm-hmm. for food. And then it's changed into its whole own thing. Mm-hmm. If the mashed potato was created in that culture mm-hmm. where, like, the tortilla or these mm-hmm. different types of foods are consumed in that way, mm-hmm. it probably would be a staple at Chipotle right now. Yeah. So when you walk into these places that are doing burritos looking at, like, traditional mm-hmm. burrito ingredients... Mm-hmm. Perhaps the mashed potato of Mexican descent, yeah. the potato being of Mexican descent, mm-hmm. if it was created there with the spices they had and the preparation methods of how they ate things, perhaps the mashed potato would be seen entirely different by the world today. Yes. So what have we have learned is the Europeans, they take everything and they just take it back to Europe. Yeah, that's the depressing <laughs> truth about pretty much every historical. But isn't that diet. crazy though? Like to learn the fact that potatoes are actually from Mexico. Yeah, or like what is modern day Mexico now? Yeah, and I didn't know that going into because that's that's mind blowing, right? Because when you think potato, everyone thinks Irish, everyone thinks Irish. but it's okay. So like all seriousness, and you know we goof around with this, but all seriousness is like learning that today actually expands your mind of understanding. Going, wow, how powerful is it that the people who quote unquote write history if they look a certain way they come from a certain ideology they they utilize history to tell the story of something that or or whatever like let's just say the potato because we think potato we think of oh the great potato famine oh irish you know potato uh when you think of um you know saint patty's days it's oh you know 
corned beef and potatoes, potatoes, potatoes. But not knowing that potato went to Europe, Ireland, and then comes basically come back home. And it's almost it's that that famous saying, I don't know who I don't know who to coin it to, but it's like history is written by the victors. Yeah. And so, so I bet you some conquer guy. This conquistadors. <laughs> like, who do you think's telling the stories yeah. about these potatoes? Yeah. They're going, I brought this back. This because is a Spanish I, thing yep, now. Because I think I would believe that for the Incas, it's like, yeah, dude, that's just what we have. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's like, or in the Aztecs, you know, and they're like, this is just what we have. This is what we do. Like, this is part of life. Like, it wasn't like, guys, I discovered this thing called potatoes, and it's going to feed millions. And it's the, the tooth. I did not expect there to be this intense connection between guacamole and mashed potatoes of being but they're cousins both, yeah they're like of both mexican descent and so they come from the same region of the world mm. and it, that's the most intriguing thing of all this to me is like perhaps if avocados could be grown in europe yes oh, oh. that's where we got to finish this episode if avocados could be grown in europe we would have mashed avocados as a side dish you'd have mashed avocados what? as a side dish it would be bland it would be bland and boring it would oh. have salt pepper maybe butter <laughs> and it would be something entirely different oh. and then to uh, that's a perfect place to end it that wow. if you could grow them in europe it would be a side dish similar to mashed potatoes because it's nutrient rich mm-hmm. it's dense and if they were able to grow it like potatoes over there yeah. everybody would have ready access Harvesting to it pretty easy it just falls off the tree and it would become a staple of that diet oh my gosh mind blown civilization man yeah man civilization man or civilization advances, the mm-hmm. more difficult things become. And yet, is this even real? Are we in the metaverse? I don't really want to end it on this thought that pops my head, but do it. There's this is where it gets interesting. Mm. There's a higher correlation between societies that are more technologically advanced mm-hmm. and lowered poverty. Mm. But when you look at global warming. There's also higher associations with greenhouse gases and more technologically Mm -hmm. advanced societies. So that's why Mm -hmm. nothing's ever black and white is because as you're starting to help one issue, Mm -hmm. you may be hurting another. Mm. So there's actually a weird inverse relationship between how green you are Mm -hmm. and the levels of poverty you have. Mm. Here's one final thought. The whole time we're thinking about this, it's like you ever watched the uh, the Marvel uh, series called What If? No. Okay, so it's this whole idea of like, what if something was a little different, and how would all these like Marvel characters and superhero how things would change for them? Mm. You know. But it's like this idea of like like look at your life, right? What if you turn left when you were supposed to go right, or would you know what I'm saying? Like, where would you be now if you know? So so, so it's like the multiverse thing, right? Like um like Rob. And let's just play a game of like, what are the five multiverses of different kinds of Rob? Like, yeah. would you like if you never said, let's, "Hey, I want to do coffee." Let's say it, I didn't have a coworker that said, "Why do you drink bad coffee?" and pointed me towards that coffee shop. On absolutely, that one. yep. Or what if you said, "I'm going to stick with Samuel Adams and I'm just going to go up the corporate ladder," whatever yeah. you know what I'm saying. But I mean, think about that from the avocado standpoint and the potato standpoint. <laughs> what if potato stayed and avocado left? Mashed avocado would be yeah. served at Thanksgiving, and and guacamole, guacamole would be made out of potatoes. 
you know, it'd be kind of a fun episode for the next one. What's up? I'm not committing to this, but I'll say it here. What if we did an episode on like the deep dive of how foods became part of certain meals? Like, Oh, absolutely do this. Cause somebody kind of blew my mind. They're like, you know, I was like, I don't like Turkey. Like it's not that good. And they're like, you don't have to serve that at Thanksgiving. I was like, Oh, yeah. You, you could just serve whatever you want. You, you want to have a steak on Thanksgiving? Yeah. Do it. But, you know, you know the turkey wasn't really served on the first quote-unquote Thanksgiving, that's, right? But, so I cut it off there. Uh-huh. Cut it off there because that's what the next episode could be. Yeah. It's like, let's look at different yeah. types of culture. Like ham. American meals. Ham. Yeah, let's take. In Christmas. Let's take American meals. Look at the traditional yeah. foods. We'll, we'll talk to beforehand and be like, do you agree that these are traditional? Because mm-hmm. that's, you know, that's its own thing. But. We can look at the history. How did these become so closely tied? It's like the mm-hmm. whole like Santa and Coca-Cola thing. I'm yeah. sure there's like all these things that you go, oh, it's always been this way. And you're like, nope. It's or actually, the polar bears. Yeah. And Coke. It's just like there's certain things that you go, the first image of Santa Claus was in a Coca-Cola ad. And you're mm-hmm. like, wait, what? I thought that's just always how it's been. Anyway, I'm going to end it there. What if? What if? And then potentially the next episode is diving into the history of how foods became so closely tied to certain events. I'll end it as I do every other episode and say have a nice day.